Thank you for tuning in to the Win Network Podcast, where inspiration meets entertainment, with your host, Dr. John Wynn. Download the Win Network app or visit our website at thewinnetwork.com so you can stream our latest on-demand movies and TV shows. And listen to our podcast on your favorite listening service, such as iHeartRadio and iTunes. It's your choice. Your choice. Thank you for tuning in to the Win Network Podcast where entertainment meets inspiration. We're so excited today to have Hope Allen, the CEO of Living Hope Productions. She executes quality service in the area of talent placement, full-scale live production and publicity. Allen has played an uh, integral role in the productions and development of several several award-winning productions television with stellar reviews, including that of the New York Times. Good morning, Ms. Allen. How are you? Good morning, John. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, we're so excited to have you. You know, we have a few questions, I, I think, for the audience that uh, want to get to know you. And um, we've known uh, uh, Ms. Allen did such a great job. We met at the AFM, which is the American Film Market, uh, mm-hmm. via the streaming this year, which was just phenomenal through yes. Zoom or whatever. It was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had put together about, I don't know, how many was that, 50, 60 filmmakers, producers, directors? Yeah, near 50. Mm-hmm. Near 50 people together that never met before from all over. And we came together and she introduced everyone and brought us together uh, via that platform. And I thought it was so interesting to see uh, such uh, persistence as well as an ability to do such that because I've been going to AFM for the last three, four years, and that, that was the most African Americans I've ever seen there. Wow, in, uh, <laughs> online and and even in the presence, you don't see that many. And I talked mm-hmm. to my my friend uh, Chris Beal, who I'm going to also she she does production for Disney, as well as mm-hmm. she does now. She's the new COVID uh, regulator for oh. Disney, mm-hmm. and uh, so she's going to. We I've been knowing her for about ten years. And she's been get. She just got accepted in the uh, production uh, guild and the producers Beautiful. guild, and uh, so I was telling her about you as well. And awesome. so, hope let's 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 take a brief journey through your life on how you got into media and and where you are today. Sure. Well, I um, have always been on a stage or I've always had a mic in my hand from mm-hmm. a little girl. All right. <laughs> so my mother, my parents were very in tuned with this creative uh, spirit, I suppose. And when I was in high school, they actually sent me to an arts school, a liberal arts school, I should say, mm-hmm. that was a few hours away from home. It was an all-girls boarding school. And I went kicking and screaming. <laughs> I was so upset with them for taking me out of my comfort zone. All I could think of is that I wanted to be at home in Ohio wearing the orange and the black cheerleader outfit. <laughs> I was going to be a Rayan high school cheerleader. All right. But, <laughs> but they saw something more and I'm just so grateful that they knew that I needed an environment to cultivate the arts. And um, once I went to the Andrews School in Willoughby, Ohio, um, okay. it was a transformative experience that gave me the opportunity to 
experiment with creativity on stage in music in drama in production in all sorts of arts um angles and it just really began to feed what was already in me and cultivate um, a path that, you know, I started to understand there is a way to do this and to do it well. And you need to be trained. You need to be cultivated. You need to develop your skill. And mm. from there, I went to Wheaton College in Illinois. Um, I did not, I studied uh, television and film there under their communications umbrella. Okay. And um, began to get my feet wet. Uh, Spike Lee was really hot back then, and mm -hmm. he still is, of course, but mm -hmm. I was all things Spike Lee at that point. <laughs> right, right, um, right. Every assignment, you know. From there, I went to, moved straight to New York. I had a family in South Jersey, but otherwise didn't know anyone in New York straight out of college and started with a training program called the NBC Page Program mm -hmm. at Third Rockefeller, right in the center of Manhattan. Wow. And wow. that program, I recommend to any young people that are interested in uh, television or production because it really gives you a a bird's eye view of the machine and you're mm -hmm. able to have assignments, temporary assignments in different departments, put the hat on, try it on, see if it works for you, see if that's where your strength lies, your interest lies and um, cultivate a real understanding of how these pieces fit together to make TV production. So that was beyond um, helpful for me to, to really get an early view of how the machine of entertainment works. Of course, really great mentors from there. And I, from that point, I produced TV for about 15 years in New York. My first credit was on Dateline NBC. I was mm. an associate producer for a mosquito repellent story. <laughs> <laughs> so those were, that was 96, seven, somewhere in there. Um, and from there, I produced a number of lifestyle and entertainment shows, uh, B. Smith style. Um, I had uh, a great time with Emerald Lagasse, Chef Emerald Lagasse mm, yeah. on the Food Network, produced the Emerald live show for about seven years. Um, a number of others, Showtime at the Apollo, um, a number of others that you know may be familiar with. But while I was there, um, I found that a lot of people kept asking for references. Hey, you, do you know someone who could do this? Do you know someone who could do this? Um, I also started just producing events on the side. Um, mm -hmm. Events here in New York, in the you know city parks and concerts and you know panels and all kinds of fun things. And I started my business in 2000. I was still working full time at the network, uh, which uh -huh. I do recommend for entrepreneurs, if you can, uh, to try to ease yourself into entrepreneurship um, with, <laughs> you know, put your foot out first <laughs> and start to build and cultivate that business while you have, you know, stability uh, with a full-time job. And then when you it gets overbearing, you can't do it anymore. Um, you know, step on in. I, that's That was my path. That's what worked. Of course, everybody's path is different, um, but it worked uh, well for me. Now, there were highs and lows. Uh, when I started my business, it wasn't a piece of cake all of the time, but I had a 
really strong network from working in the TV industry that allowed me to uh, branch out and begin to produce um, new media for corporations, live events, um, and manage talent. So here we are. <laughs> you know what? I think what you said, you said a few things that, that got my attention. That was very important. And, um, and I don't think um, people really realize the importance of having the parents to cultivate mm -hmm. the craft, the gifts, mm -hmm. the, the things that that's innate in us. Uh, because a lot of times parents, now this new things that these new lazy parents, I'm sorry, I got eight children. <laughs> these lazy parents are saying is, oh, I'm letting them find their own way. And that's not how mm -hmm. it's ever supposed to be. You mm -hmm. as a parent are so, to see the t gifts, the talents, the abilities that are within your children. Yes. And put them on the right path to discover, mm -hmm. self-discover, and to discover mm -hmm. their abilities. And then another important thing you said is getting into the business. Now, some, some, a lot of, a lot of producers and uh, teach against film school. And I hear that what you said is get into the actual production, not so much the, the, the school, but the on hands training, which I do. Yeah. I, I have strong opinions about that. I feel that um, I encourage young people to get your feet wet in corporate if you can or in a formal training um, environment. Right. Um, film school is I'm not going to say it's necessary, but I will say if you have an opportunity to understand the history and the theory and the how to, it's a good foundation. But of course, it's not until you get that hands on experience that you really understand the why behind that information. So I don't discount the schooling. I don't discount um, that if that is an opportunity that you can go, you know, down that route, please do it. You know, a lot of people say, oh, this is a bunch of debt. Don't do it. But there's a lot more that's cultivated in school than just head knowledge. Um, some of it's endurance. Some of it's uh, being able to see ahead and plan ahead, you know, as opposed to and exercising the discipline of of the industry but the real you know you cut your teeth with hands-on experience so if you are in school and you're able to get internships or if you're able to get on sets uh, simultaneously do as much of that as you can and um, those complement one another but there are some people who have certainly been a great success without film school. There's so many resources out there just online. If you sit online and you dig and you begin to read and watch videos and there's a lot of, you know, wonderful books and materials that will help you, um, you know, get the technical language and understanding behind everything. People have gone on to be great successes, you know, without film schools. So, um, so there are different, different opinions about that. And, and everyone's route, like and story again is different. So, yeah. And like you said, find your own path. What works for you, find your what, path. Will, what will help you, uh, develop into whatever it is that you are trying to do. And, and speaking of that, you know, uh, what were your goals for working in the industry? What was it that you wanted to do once you got your teeth cut? 
and you got your hands wet or your feet wet, hands dirty, <laughs> and you got your mind ribbed up, you did the education thing, you did the production, you did an entrepreneur, we could go there. I've been an entrepreneur for, for, for many, many years. Mm -hmm. uh, but what was it that, what was your goals that made you, after you found your creative side with the mic in your hand, why didn't you, or why, yeah, why didn't you go towards the actress part more than the, the production? <laughs> That's a good question. I, um, I'll say this. I love two things, supporting, expanding, developing brands. That is one of my absolute joys. And so if that brand is a person or an entity, um, I enjoy that. Uh, but the other part is storytelling. Um, because I had an opportunity to work under wonderful you know, broadcast and cable um, networks, I often had to tell other people's story. And that was fine. It gave me, again, that muscle was exercised. But there comes a time when you do have a story to tell. And um, that the network or the environment may not be immediately conducive or supportive of it. And so you've got to jump out there and, and get that story told. So my goal was twofold. One, I wanted to uh, champion brands, champion talent, and I wanted to s tell stories. And that storytelling can take a lot of different modes. It can be on stage. Uh, we, we had an off-Broadway show, Black Angels over Tuskegee, that ran here in New York off-Broadway for 10 years. It was a historic piece and that is a historic feat because that's never happened as far as that type of story living that long off-Broadway. Um, that was in partnership with writer Leon Gray, a wonderful cast um, that, you know, we toured across the world, um, many nations, many uh, cities as well. So um, that storytelling can take a lot of mediums. Um, again, stage, it could be new medium, it could be commercials, it could be film. Um, so those were my two things, talent, talent and film, that I wanted to make sure I could marry those worlds together and then support, um, you know, a certain narrative that I'm interested in telling. Well, you know, you worked on, as you said, major, you know, major projects with companies such as Disney, Food Network, NBC, the Emmys and more. What, what were some of the favorite productions that you felt that with that goal in mind that you felt fit that mold the most out of those productions, different companies? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think they all got me where I am now. Um, I think Emerald Live was a really, really great experience for me because we not only did uh, studio work, um, I was able to promote brands and even uh, place brands in the show that were up and coming and are now, you know, multi-award winning artists. A lot of them were jazz artists that we placed on the show. Um, mm. You know, we've had got had a chance to work with um, Willie Nelson and Patti LaBelle and just really incredible names that I was able to introduce to the network and the show. And so um, that that has been a joy. But I think um, after, not just the studio work, but we actually toured that show. 
um, to a number of cities. And that's really, really where my juices started to flow. Those tour mm -hmm. dates with thousands of audience members out in outside. We did Hawaii and um, Chicago and Vegas and, you know, these really big road shows. Um, that was that was really it fed something for me. And from there, I went to um, well, not directly, but later on, I uh, helped produce a a tour, national arena tour called How Sweet the Sound. And it was a community gospel choir um, competition with a lot of celebrity names on the bill. Um, mm -hmm. But I really, really, it was fulfilling to me because they purposely, Verizon was um, the sponsor that they were purposely pouring into the community, um, making sure the ticket sales, I mean, the ticket prices were low so that people could bring their families and it be a family outing of inspiration and you know, just wholesome entertainment. And so those were, you know, a combination of, of things that showed me what could be and um, really got, gave me a chance to express my creativity. Um, the, the agency that was behind How Sweet the Sound had no idea about gospel, no affiliation. They were completely out of the dark. And I was able to educate them on here are the he who's who's. Here's who you need to have on the stage. This is why that they speak the language of, you know, the people. They understand, you know, where people are. And so to be able to cultivate the story behind that brand was uh, very enriching for me. So I, I, there are no limits for me as far as storytelling. I don't feel like, oh, you've got to be one thing. But I do feel that you have to hone skill and make sure that you are not just a jack of all trades, but that you are developing and honing sharp skills. Um, so I tend to stay, um, I, I tended to stay in a certain place for a minute and sit there for a while, make sure, you know, you're you're kind of mastering skills and you're compounding your your skill set. So when you shift to another area of storytelling you have that and you're layering um that skill set so so it's all working together honestly um and now i'm i'm really focused on film at this point um that was an end goal um i always said i'd have multiple hats as far as careers were concerned and I did television. I've done a lot of stage um, touring, and now I'm really focusing the company on film. Um, several years ago, I wrote uh, a few screenplays, and we dusted them off and developed them over the last eight years. And we mm -hmm. are going to be producing uh, full feature films in the next year. So we're very excited about that. Well, man, that sounds exciting. I hope, and you know, uh, you 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 pride yourself of sharing positive messages, but you're also very graceful. And uh, with that being said, even even the most graciousness and the most positive messages that we carry within us, have you ever been challenged with compromise in the industry that caused you to say, you know what? You know, I'm going to have to do this, or I'm going to have to change, or I'm going to have to get them. Or how did you overcome the different challenges? Because I know there's challenge. I know there's challenges in production. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, many challenges. Um, I think that's what makes you um, 
either stay in this or or flee and i'm determined to stay in it to the end um there were many shows um you know when i started television reality tv had not yet quite set in and i just i was in the middle of entertainment changing um from a more kind of wholesome you know um storytelling or you know production into this rage of um reality television the the other thing that was happening in the middle of my career was that things were changing from analog to digital true so the whole industry was shifting Mm -hmm. um quite a bit and um the other thing was um people's appetites um i i guess for some networks were shifting the, at least the networks thought so and so there were some topical areas that challenged me from a morals perspective from a um you know just my my own standard um that i could not put my name on and be proud of it and so sometimes you do have to make hard decisions um one to be honest and say I'm not willing to compromise this. You, whatever you do, don't compromise your standard. Um, I, a lot. I recall yes. peers in the industry whispering in my ear, saying, "Look, just do it. You know, you'll get a promotion. Do it. You know, do it'll it. look good. Just do it. Do they'll, it. They'll love you more <laughs> if you do it." And I'm just like, "Just I, do it. Come on." There's a deeper well <laughs> and a comp. I don't know, right? You know, that's that little on the shoulder. And I'm just like, you know what? That was a test for me to see, are you going to sell your soul to be a part of this industry? Stop right there. Stop. Let's deal with that real quick. (laughs) Because I I didn't realize, especially until I, you know, until I started the network and I, the different things that come at you, that it is a part of selling your soul when you compromise a belief system in you. Ooh, Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. That's Stick to your value system because you've got to live with that. When you put your that's head true. on your pillow at home, how much you've compromised of yourself, your integrity, your morals, your value system. Um, it's not, it's, it wasn't worth it for me um, because... Uh, Listen, money is the cheapest thing about me. And so I don't really, I'm, I'm, and I'm, look, money is important. I'm certainly not saying no. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? We understand what you're saying. But we're not going to sell Mm-mm. our souls Mm-mm. for a check no. that is cheap. Yeah. And so, and I'm expensive. Uh, God has poured a lot into me. I hear that. And I've uh, been through quite a bit. And yeah. um, because he's promised things, I can be secure about my future and know that there are big plans that God has for me and I don't need to compromise myself to get them. I don't need to manipulate it either. Exactly. Um, So that was one challenge. And I think the other thing was just learning that you cannot trust everyone. And that was a hard lesson because you have to learn discernment. You have to learn how to hear with a different ear, how to see with different eyes. Um, There are tons of people out there that still owe me money, but you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not bitter. Um, We've we've gotten through that and we know that 
when you whatever you sow you reap and yeah. so that's not my responsibility you know necessarily yes you do what's what's right as far as um legal procedures and make sure you've crossed your t's and dotted your i's but <laughs> people's behavior and their morals and their their way of of doing business is not always with integrity and so that was a hard lesson for me a couple of times i've been burned oh, pretty yeah. good oh, but yeah. again it's just made me better you know well one thing about it that i i realize in this business is very important especially if you're going to do it the way the, the, the will of god is if he placed you in this this space is that he'll he'll allow it to come to you you don't have to run for it but it'll come to you That's different right. opportunities different jobs different acts different people different scripts different people in the industry even will flow to you and it will come to you. I, 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 that's what I've seen since, like I said, I've been doing different medias for about 20 years from my own show and all that from doing uh, my own production shows, as well as doing, you know, sitcoms uh, now feature them did a second feature. But um, when I, when I listen to you talk is that when you, when you, when you realize the power of this, I don't think people understand the power of this. Yes. Um, I wrote a book called uh, New Levels, New Devils. And I think I shared it with you. And I talked about in the 21st century that I wrote this in 1997. And it was my first book I wrote. And it was revealed to me that in, to the, that in the 21st century that the media, the enemy will take full control of the airwaves. And I started talking about the internet, and I, I didn't even know fully what the internet was. I just started learning about the internet in 95, mm. how to get on AOL. <laughs> right. And so I wrote this book, and, I, and I, I can show you, man, I can't believe the stuff that has transpired, because I think YouTube and Facebook, they started in like 03, I mean, 03 or 05 and all this stuff. And it, and it has shifted uh, the mindsets of people, and I don't think people understand the power of of media. When did you realize how powerful media was? Yeah, very, very early on, because a, I think uh, a part of that understanding was when I believe God called me. Um, wow. That is one of the first things that God mm -hmm. shared with me was just how powerful this mm -hmm. medium was. Because yes. See, we are influenced with um, images, yes. and images are extremely powerful. They they often feed belief systems and value systems, as we've been sharing. Mm -hmm. And those value systems then turn into decisions, yeah. and those decisions then impact a society. And so um, I don't. I do not take this lightly. Um, this is a an extremely powerful medium that could be used for detriment or good. And so that's what I was saying. You know, we were saying before, we have to choose um, what message we want to get behind. Um, is it one that it inspires, that teaches, that educates, that lifts up, that illumines, that, you know, gives people an understanding of, truth and so truth is a big part of our company mission we are magnifying truth um and that is that is the big focus for us is to make sure that 
um, we are magnifying truth because why truth is light, light dispels darkness. Mm -hmm. And so we wanna make sure that when we send a message out that it is dispelling darkness, that it is, um, you know, uh, fighting against, um, you know, the darkness that does penetrate entertainment quite a bit. And so it is a great, great calling, a great responsibility that I don't take lightly. You know, I, I appreciate that. You know, we're coming up to an end. I got three more questions and I'm going to uh, let you go. And I really appreciate your time. And again, your graciousness to the subject matter, because mm-hmm. I think what people don't understand is that you can yet be gracious and still be in entertainment. You can yet be faithful and still not lose your soul. Yeah. It's something that people can can watch and 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 be realistic in. And uh, mm-hmm. so I really appreciate your time. Uh, how, how have you adjusted doing this this new this new normal with the pandemic? Well, um, this pandemic has been rich for me. Um, I actually had COVID in March, wow. Um, wow. and so I, in the early stages, especially here in New York, when it got really really tough. Um, I was at home, dependent on God to get me through, you know, so even coming through that, it just gives you a whole new lease on life um, because nobody has still has answers about this, um, you know, disease thoroughly. Um, And so I, I remember laying in the bed saying, God, the only one that can deliver me is you. And I think that that concept is so foreign to people it's oh that was the biblical days or oh that happened somewhere in africa but i think there's a lot of purpose behind this season um if we open our eyes if we open our ears god is speaking and so i have honestly had a rich and wonderful time just um doing a lot of things um listening reading doing a lot of writing purging um, you know, setting goals in order and planning for those goals strategically. Um, I, it's been a rich time for me. And so um, I'm grateful. I don't know if this window will come again. You know, it's an opportunity for us yeah. um, to really position ourselves because coming out of this, we need to be ready to move, ready to shake. And, you know, the Bible talks about when you Everything that can be shaken is being shaken yeah, right now yeah. so that what that what remains is eternal. That's and so is. I'm grateful that, you know, though it's tough seeing people suffer, um, I think hopefully my my prayer is that it points people to, again, the truth to God that, you know, people are able to. Um, really understand. We're starting to see a lot of human interest stories where people are getting to a place where they see what really matters. Yeah. You know, we can wrap our lives up in all of these things that are futile and have no value. You know. Yes. Um, but it's a it's a big opportunity for us, and um, I'm honestly enjoying it. Well, tell me three survival methods for someone who wants to work in this entertainment medium industry that you would give them? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, survival. I think I would say I would like to shift the mindset from surviving to thriving. 
Okay. Um, I think a survival mentality is too low for us. Mm-hmm. I think it is, let's look at how we thrive. And so part of that is understanding what will equip you for sustainability. Um, so for me personally, um, I believe your faith has to be first. Um, that um, for me, a grounded understanding of who you are and whose you are uh, because nothing wavers you after that um you know if you really do have a sure foundation i i encourage that um if you do um yeah i'll put it that way to educate yourself um like i said there's a lot consistently yeah consistent we're always in a posture of uh, Mm -hmm. being a student always learning Um, you know john you and i met at AFM. And that is a marketplace, of course, to buy and sell, but it's also a avenue for education. What's going on? What are the new trends? Making sure you're reading the trades and on a daily basis, you know how the industry is shifting. Um, And then I would say um, really, really map out your path. I think sometimes we are just... um, a little kind of floating, you know, and hoping things drop in our lap. But I am, a, I, I agree with knowing that God is going to, you know, open up doors and all of that. But you need to move beyond just dreaming and having a plan. And then after the plan, you've got to have action behind that. You know, I do think that there were some stalled periods of my life where I dreamed and I dreamed and I dreamed. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Position yourself, get yourself in a ready position. And that what whatever that means, getting your house in order, getting your finances in order, educating yourself. Maybe you need to move, maybe not, you know, but attend the film you know, festivals and markets and online programming that there is, meet mentors in the industry, you know, develop true, authentic relationships with people, you know. True and authentic authentic. relationships Mm -hmm. with people. You know, I um, I, I live by what Les Brown said when I was 18 years old. He said, it's better to be prepared for an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Mm-hmm. And I live by that. And uh, and I think with you and all the different things, we didn't even get to all the great things that you do and the people that you manage. And But I just wanted to get a sense of knowing you because this is not going to be, hopefully this is not your last time mm-hmm. on the podcast. I, I wanted to get a sense of to know you and what, what your core is because it's easier when you know someone's core than it is for you to ask a bunch of questions. Exactly. So when you find and you hear the heartbeat and the core of an individual that's in this, that's in this medium, which is very difficult because Mm -hmm. most people have the superficial and not the reality of who they are. Yeah. And, And I have an issue with, with not, I'm who I am where I'm at. If I'm, in the pulpit, if I'm with the bishops, if I'm with the actors, if I'm with whoever I'm with, I'm who I am. Because mm-hmm. I think, like you said, at the end of the day, you have to take yourself home. I ran for office, I ran for politics, I ran for the school board uh, in 14, I think it was 13 or 14. And uh, one of the one of the sponsors said, you need to go after him and talk about this and 
telling me this and that and the other. And I said, I said, I still got to preach on Sunday. I can't do that. <laughs> I said, if right. I attack Kim being old and half of my membership is old, <laughs> <laughs> then they're going to question me. What do you mean? So I think at the end of the day, you hear, you listen, and you watch, and you know who you are. As yeah. I taught on it, we interviewed uh, Tom Sizemore. He played in our film. He had a drug at a problem. I said, what would you tell young people about drugs and how to stay away from it? I mean, he said, they know where not to go and who not to be with. <laughs> yeah. In other words, you don't need any direction. You know what's right. You know, mm -hmm. you know what you need not to do. You know who to stay away from. And that's that was the bottom line. It's, it's nothing to tell. So, Miss mm -hmm. Hope Allen, I think you're doing a phenomenal work. Can't work, wait to even sit with you in person and have more conversations. And uh, hopefully we'd be able to do something together down the road in this business, because I think this business is very small and it's very limited in people and players, especially of people mm -hmm. of minority Minorities, even though they're getting more active in it, which I uh, thank God for that. But in the same token, I appreciate those that will not sell their soul to get another role. So oh, with that being that. said, we appreciate your time. We appreciate what you're doing in the industry. And uh, we're yes. looking forward to talking to you even more. Absolutely. Thank you so kindly for having me on. Um, feel free to follow our journey. We've got a new family film called This Love Wins that we're working towards with screen actor Lamon Rucker. And All right. go to thislovewins.com and follow Say me. Say that again. Say that again and spell it, please. Sure. Thislovewins.com. T-H-E-L-O-V-E-W-I-N-S.com. And then follow me at Living Hope Co. One on uh, social media and uh, see what our production company is up to. And we look forward to staying in touch. Well, I thought it was Living This. What is it? This. This, this love, love Wins. W Y N N. This Love Wins with the W I N. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks it's again, Miss Hope Allen, and uh, looking forward to speaking with you much, much more. Indeed. Thank you all again for tuning into the Win Network podcast. You can also check out the Win Network at winnetwork.com or download the app absolutely free or subscribe for $5.99 and watch shows without commercials. Uh, but support the, the work. It's great family, fun and uh, entertainment shows that you can watch or you can watch live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All right, until next podcast, remember greatness knows no limits.